What's up, guys? Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, April 18th. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. As always, I'm your host, Travis Karcheski. Uh Truman's back today. How's it going, guys? Happy Easter. Yeah, so we got a couple of days off from Ashland University uh, for Easter break. We got Thursday, Friday, and Monday off. Truman will be here Monday, too, or I guess Tuesday show. We're going to do our full mock draft show. Um, if you remember last year, we did our mock draft the day of the draft, which, I mean, wasn't very smart because, like, by the time everybody listened to it, it was kind of over. The draft was over. Um, but it's just going to be us two. On Tuesday, we're going to give our mock draft, uh, and we'll go through that uh, pick by tick, pick just the first round. Yeah, I like that. Um, I will be back for that one as well. Uh, you know, that's mock drafts are always kind of one of my favorite things to do because – you know, you're probably not going to get much right at all. It's kind of like the bracket. But, you know, it's just fun. And, you know, it's fun just to hold. Just guy stuff. Yeah, it's just fun to hold that uh, draft night and kind of see where your, where your picks are laying. Yeah, and so a quick reminder on that. If you do want to join our mock draft pool, uh, you can send us a DM on TNT Sports Talk 1-2. Uh, so basically what the mock draft pool is is you're going to send in a uh, first-round mock draft pick by pick and uh, $5 to enter the pool and whoever has the best mock draft wins uh, all of the money in the pool. We have about 13 14 guys in it right now so about, you know, 65 so I can't do math like $70 pot right now. Which is not great, but I mean $70 and it's something, you know, make draft night a little bit more fun, especially for your Browns fans who don't have anything going on on the first day of the NFL draft. So uh, send us a DM if you want. Uh, the scoring is uh, one point for you know correct picks, obviously, and then two point one point for correct trades. So let's say this is going to get confusing. Let's say we put the Broncos. Let's say the Broncos trade up with the Cardinals for the number one pick, um, and they take Nick Bosa. Let's say on your mock draft you had. They would the, never do that though. But. Yeah, let's say in the mock draft you had the Broncos actually trading up for the number one pick, but they take Kyler Murray. And then you would get one point for that because you guessed the Broncos moved up. But if you also guess that the Broncos took um, Nick Bosa and they actually did you take Nick points. Bosa, you get two points. So you get two points, one point for the correct team, one point for the correct trade. Trades make it confusing, but uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, so make sure you check it out. Got a nice little tiebreaker, too. If there's a tie, we'll do the uh, first ten picks of the second round, and uh, we'll go back and forth on that. So that's that. Um but always, football never sleeps. Last night was the schedule release for the NFL. Uh, usually, you know, one of the biggest things of the offseason, which is insane because no other league, no other sport does the schedule release get this much hype than the NFL. Uh, it just shows us football is king. So we'll talk about some of the key games that are that were released yesterday. Um, schedule release is already always kind of stupid because... Uh, they do a big show on NFL Network at, I think it's like 8 p.m. to release the schedule. But by the time we reach that point, like, every schedule has been leaked already. Um, so it's kind of pointless, and it, they kind of just hold your suspension, even though you could get your pick right away. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Troom here. He's going to give you some of those uh, key games to look out for. So obviously Thursday night, opening it up, obviously we're both pretty jacked up about this one. I think I'm going to be pretty... Pretty lit up for this game. Packers at Bears Thursday night. Matt LaFleur opening night. You know, it's the top rivalry in sports, in my opinion. Um, you know, it's 
you know, it's such a good game to open it up for the 100th season, and I'm really looking forward to that, and that's someone, I, a game everybody will be tuning into, obviously. Staying in week one, um, you know, the, the Sunday night game, you always have to look at the Super Bowl champions. They're playing the Steelers. They always put up a good matchup. Steelers got the best of them last year. Uh, the Patriots obviously ended up going on and winning the Super Bowl. Steelers look different. No Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, some of those head cases are out of their locker room. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see um, that game on Sunday night. Uh, but just going throughout the season, uh, there's matchups like the Patriots and Chiefs. Um, obviously, that's a matchup that everyone's going to be watching. Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady, number three. Uh, Tom Brady got both of those last year, but in very, very close games that were shootouts and went till the end. Um, it's going to be cl cl a cold game. It's towards, I think it's December, um, early December, so it's going to be a colder game. Uh, so we're, we're definitely going to be looking at that one. Uh, the Saints and the Rams play game uh, again rematch of the NFC Championship obviously ended with that controversy uh, you know this one's in Los Angeles week two uh, obviously the Saints are just going to be absolutely looking for revenge all over the field and you know the Rams they're still going to have a talented team uh, so that, that's another one that everyone's going to be watching uh, another game I'm going to be kind of looking forward to uh, is the Packers and Chiefs uh, that I believe is week eight um, throw my Packers in here once again. Just why not? Aaron Rodgers versus Pat Mahomes. I think that's something we're all looking forward Sunday to. Sunday night game. Sunday night game um, in Arrowhead. Uh, you know, it's going to be a very interesting game. Obviously, the best to ever do it versus, you know, the up and coming, um, the protege, um, as some people call him, uh, mixed between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but I think that's just going to be an awesome, awesome showdown. And I think this, the score will be absolutely through the roof um, both teams in the 40s but we'll definitely look forward to that one and then I look at revenge games um, the Ravens take on the Seahawks in Seattle I think that one's gonna be really interesting because obviously it did not end good with Earl Thomas's time in Seattle uh, you know obviously everybody knows him getting carted off the field flicking off the Seattle sidelines uh, for whatever reason and I think he's gonna go up there with his new team in Baltimore and I think he's gonna be playing so motivated and all over the field uh, you know, he's a good guy. I think the fans up there like him, so I think he'll get the you know his mix of cheers and boos. Uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to that one. I think he's definitely going to be really, really motivated. Another one, another revenge game that I looked at was Kirk Cousins. They go, I know it's the Redskins versus the Vikings. Not that great of a game, but I always look at the revenge games, and they play each other. You know, cause is Kirk going to go back to Washington? Can Kirk take down, um, you know, his old team? But those are just some of the games that I highlighted. Obviously, there are a lot out there, and, you know, it's football. Any game's good. Yeah, so those are some of the games to talk about. Who had the hardest schedule? That was the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders have the hardest schedule, and the weakest schedule is Washington. Washington. Washington's got the easiest, um, and then the Raiders have the hardest. So, going to be a, a big test for John Gruden and his uh, Oakland Raiders early on and throughout the whole season. Going to be able to see, you know, what's going on there. Khalil Max also, did you mention that game, the London game? Oh, yeah, the Khalil, Khalil Mack, Mack going back against Oakland, it's seeing in John Gruden. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, it's in London, so it's not in Oakland. Uh, but still, I think the, the big one there is just, you know, his interaction with John Gruden um, towards the end of the game or before the game. Um, obviously, he's going to want his revenge. I don't think those two hate each other, but definitely, you know, a, a matchup to watch is definitely Kalu Mack versus Oakland. All right, so that's it for that. That's the schedule again. Is there any sport in the world where the schedule release gets this much hype, where the draft gets this much hype, where the free agency gets this much hype? No. That's why football is king. That's why it will forever be king. Um, forever. So 
Uh, well, one more thing about football. We have Josh Rosen. We got to check in on the Cardinals mess that is Josh Rosen and Cliff Kingsbury. So Kingsbury said the other day um, that Josh has been nothing but great for this organization. He's come in every single workout. He's worked his butt off, and he's you know stood there. He's taken the fire. He's taken the heat, and uh, he's just been nothing but a great role model. Cardinals released a hype video yesterday for the season, and of course, it did not feature Josh Rosen at all. Um, Josh Rosen was also not made available to speak to the media. That has since changed. He is now available to speak to the media. Um, so this is kind of a strange thing. I think everybody thought early on it's going to be Kyler Murray. It's going to be you know number one overall pick, Kyler Murray, and then Josh Rosen will be shipped out. I think that tide is sort of changing. I think Josh Rosen is going to stay there. I don't know where they go from here, though. Do they draft Bosa? Do they trade back? I don't think he takes Cliff, uh, not Cliff. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury takes Kyler Murray with the number one pick. I disagree. Um, I think Josh Rosen is going to be traded draft night. Um, I think it's going to lead up to that. I just think, um, I've been saying on the show, you know, when I've been on that, you know, when we've talked about it, I think that Kyler Murray fits Cliff Kingsbury's system better than any quarterback really could. And I think he's going to go there. You know, he's going to get his guy. He's going to get his chance. Steve Wilkes last year when he got his one year in Arizona took his guy. He wanted his chance in Josh Rosen. Steve Wilkes is out. So they obviously do not care, and they want everything that Steve Wilkes did. They, they, they don't care if it's out. Um, so if, Cliff got, if Cliff's got his guy and if that guy is Kyler Murray, I see no reason um, why the Cardinals won't, uh, you know, select him with the number one overall pick. Josh Rosen is going to get plenty of plenty of uh, looks at. I think uh, when you talk about teams, I think you think Washington, um, probably the top option in my opinion. Um, then teams like New York and even New England would be in there. Uh, but I think the Cardinals. I think that's a draft night trade, and I think the Cardinals would love. And um, I think they've already made up their mind. I think they're going to be selecting Kyle Murray. I disagree with that because I think you say Cliff Kingsbury's offense is mostly fit around Kyler Murray. It's perfect for him. Kingsbury has worked with pocket passers before. He worked with Pat Mahomes at Texas Tech. He helped Pat Mahomes become what he is. He can work with pocket passers. He's a good quarterback's coach. Josh Rosen, uh, I think you've already labeled him a bust, which is completely stupid. Yeah, I um, stand by that too. But answer me this. If you were a quarterback, would you succeed in a system with the Cardinals where your best weapon is 48-year-old uh, Larry Fitzgerald? Would you succeed in, in an offense where you have – quite possibly the worst offensive line football last year, where NFL analysts who have been watching football for 40 years have said that was probably the worst offensive line I have ever seen uh, in my entire you know career of watching football. Okay, so would you be able would you be able to thrive in a system where your head coach is fired, where your offensive coordinator was fired, and now the new offense coordinator, Byron Leftwich, who has never called plays before, is now being forced into the play calling role and now he has to play call. Does that make it easy on a young quarterback? No. You have no running game. You have no weapons no around running you. Game. He's got a David top. Johnson had a terrible year last year. He's got a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He's got one of the better young receivers in the league, Christian Kirk. And David Johnson. Christian Kirk was a rookie last year who came in. He was like a second, third round pick. Yeah, he, he wasn't really good last year. He wasn't amazing. He wasn't fantastic. Larry Fitzgerald's extremely old, extremely past his prime. He's a Hall of Fame prime. wide receiver. He's past his prime, though. He's a Hall of Fame wide receiver. So is like Brandon Marshall. Would you go out there and sign Brandon Marshall? I think Larry Fitzgerald's played very well. He's been fine, but that's basically all he has there. He has one of the worst offensive lines. You saw what he did when he came in last year. He got them their three wins. They didn't. They wouldn't have won a game without Josh Rosen. Their offense was insanely better with Josh Rosen rather than Sam Bradford. 
I don't think the Cardinals should give up on him this easily. I've stood by this. I think the Cardinals system was a very, very difficult system to succeed in as a young quarterback. And I think maybe trading down, trading away the number one pick, getting a bunch of picks and getting some offensive linemen in there, getting some weapons around Josh Rosen would do him some good. And I think Cliff Kingsbury is very good at working with young quarterbacks. So I think he could help Josh Rosen in his career advance. Well, I disagree. Well, yeah, because you think Josh Rosen's a bust. And I think that Cliff Kingsbury's system just doesn't fit Josh Rosen. He's worked with Pat Mahomes. I think he works with anybody. Josh Rosen is the exact opposite of Pat Mahomes. Josh Rosen and Pat Mahomes are both pocket passers. If Pat Mahomes is a pocket passer, I don't Pat know Mahomes, what is. Pat Mahomes is a pocket passer with a little bit of mobility. He's not a, he's not a mobile And he's got one of the strongest arms of all time. It doesn't he matter. He can throw from any Every spot of the field. Josh Rosen, has, his issue coming out was his arm strength. Every quarterback, though, is You're different. You're not going to sit here I think, on my show and compare Josh Rosen No, I'm talking about Pat pocket Mahomes. passing. Pat Mahomes is a good pocket passer. So is Josh Rosen. Yeah, every quarterback's but different. He you won't last be, year. You won't, they won three games with him. They wouldn't. They didn't win any games with, that, with Sam Bradford. Their offense was insanely better with Josh Rosen. How many games did Sam Bradford play, too? He played, he played like a good six or five or six games. No, he definitely played like three or four. And, and I they guarantee you they, would, I guarantee they would have won three games. With they would not. They didn't win one game yeah, with him. No, but what about their thing. offense? Their offense was insanely better with Josh Rosen. Insanely better. Insanely oh, what, they better. They averaged 15 points they had about 13. A, they had 100 yards better in terms of average. points they went, to, they went to Lambeau, sure in, they went to Lambeau Field and beat the Packers on their home turf in December. It's 17 a, a to 14. It's a win, right? Exactly, but you can't score points. It doesn't matter, though. They won. They won three games. That's three games more than Sam Oh, Bradford great job, won. Josh Rosen. You won three games, buddy. Okay, but do you, Give think, him rookie do of the you year. think you would win three games behind that offensive line? I think Kyler Murray could because his mobility. I think mobility helps, but I think Cliff Kingsbury has shown that he can work with a ton of different quarterbacks, a ton of different variety of quarterbacks. And I think giving up on a guy like Josh Rosen, a guy you went up, you traded up for, the GM is still there. You know, it's still his guy technically. I think, you know, that would be a big mistake. And plus you're not going to get the capital out of him you got. You mean you Obviously the GM doesn't really care because he just got rid of Steve Wilkes after one year. Yeah, exactly. So why would he care if he gets rid of Josh Rosen? Too? Because he spent a third for a first round pick on it. He traded But he's going to get a first round pick and and you're not going to get a first round pick a for second Josh round Rosen. Pick. You're going to get a third round pick. That's what they were offering. Second I've heard second round I've picks. I've heard third round picks all up and down the board every time I've heard about Josh Rosen. Oh, I don't think you have. You're just throwing away capital if you trade Josh Rosen, I think. To take Kyler Murray who isn't a sure thing, isn't going to be perfect. I just I don't understand. I think you you're better off building around Josh Rosen. Plus, Kyler Murray comes into a system that's not much better than the system Josh Rosen faced this year. That offensive line won't be better. The weapons around him won't be much better. You're telling me they're better equipped to win with Josh Rosen, but you would you'd rather have a backfield of Kyler Murray, David Johnson. Okay, well some David Johnson isn't that good. Okay, well I disagree. He's you're, not. He was. You keep talking bad about the Cardinals' offensive line. But you're just gonna say David Johnson is shit? Well, David Johnson was injured. Like he, he had a great year, then he got hurt, and he had a bad year. I think he's on it because I think any running back would have a rough time against that. And I think any quarterback would have a tough time, but not offensive line. I think when you have a mobile quarterback, it, it helps, it but easier. it doesn't fix it. Plus, he's short. He's not gonna be able to withstand the hits that are coming from that division. Josh Rosen's going to be able to withstand all those hits. Josh Rosen is going to be able to stand in the pocket. Josh Rosen's which number is one concern which is out why. of college is, is, was which his durability. Which is why I think it's a better decision to move back, 
take a couple picks in the first round and uh, draft offensive linemen. This offensive this draft is filled with some pretty good offensive linemen. Build that offensive lineup and then go in the second third round, draft some weapons to put around Josh Rosen. And I think you'll see uh, a lot better, a lot more improvement from Josh Rosen now that he has the stability. But again, the, all this stuff, all this rumor stuff that we're talking about hurts Josh Rosen. It hurts his confidence. It hurts his ability to succeed when all offseason, all you've heard is you might not be you know, where you're at right now. And I think that hurts young guys in uh, the NFL. So that's my thought process behind that. We'll see what happens, though. Definitely going to be an exciting couple of weeks uh, here coming up to the draft. So we'll move on down to basketball. But before that, I had to remind you guys about our guy Dom at D's Home Cuts. Since 2014, D's Home Cuts has been providing professional haircuts uh, to many kids, many boys around Northeast Ohio for a cheap and low price. For only $7, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Truman, I, and about 90% of the guests we've had on the show have gotten their haircut at D's uh, at least once or they're lifetime clients, and we've not, never heard any complaints. Check them out on Instagram at D's Home Cuts. That's where you can find a bunch of videos about the cuts he's already done, and that's where you can uh, send him a DM to set up an appointment and get your first cut and make, your, make sure you're looking great. D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. Let's go through the NBA. Let's go through the playoffs right now. We'll go through each series, talk a little bit about each series. Um, we'll start, hold on a second, um, with the West. We'll start with the Warriors Clippers. Uh, one to one right now. I think we all think the Warriors are going to you know, finish this series out. Uh, Boogie Cousins, though, that injury, I think it's big, but I don't think it's as big as people think. I don't know without they're still really talented without yeah, him. I mean, they just, I saw like their net efficiency rating was actually better with Kevin Looney on the court than DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, and um, Andrew Bogut was the same efficiency yeah. rating as on, on with DeMarcus Cousins. I don't know. I just see that. I see the series. Just I think it's going to be four one. Um, yeah, I mean, I like. I mean, the, I could see. I and like, yeah, I know what you're about to say. I mean, I like the Clippers too, yeah. but um, I love Lou Williams. I love what Patrick Beverly's doing. Um, I think that little spark between him and Kevin Durant is so cool to watch. And um, but I, I the, the Warriors are too talented. They're not going to lose to the Clippers, and everyone's freaking out. And obviously, people are excited that the Warriors blew a thirty-one point lead. But it is still the Golden State Warriors. They're still back-to-back champions, and I I do not see the Clippers being the team to knock them off if someone does knock them off. Yeah, I mean you saw. I mean I think it's it's concerning if you're a Warriors fan. Obviously, he lost to Marcus Cousins, but. He's he's more of a name than he is skill now. Again, no player is the same after an Achilles injury. I think we saw that from Demarcus Cousins. Uh, the Kevin Durant Patrick Beverly thing is concerning uh, because Patrick Beverly easily got in Kevin Durant's head, which uh, it's actually pretty. But easy. I think Kevin Durant was in his head as well. I don't know. I think it's pretty easy to get in Kevin Durant's head. I think we've seen that over the years. He's a soft. But I. I think Kevin Durant was in his head just as much. Yeah, I mean, but who won the game? Him, he pushed him down, and Patrick Beverly got right up. Yeah, Patrick Beverly smacked got... it right. Right, guy was screaming right in his face. I think I think Kevin Durant's doing a great job right back. Well, at Patrick it. Beverly did his thing, and like I said, and they they respect each other. Uh, like I yeah, was they're good you friends. Last night. They're good friends, and I think it's so cool to watch because that's just all heat of competition. And I think they're both in each other's heads, and it's really cool to watch. Um, and Kevin Durant, I really liked what he said. He. He was really good with the media the other day, and he was, like, telling you about, like, 
their little like fight and how he can be better and stuff like that and it was just really interesting to hear um from someone who's usually kind of shitty with the media uh but i think they're both in each other's heads but that's just that's one of the reasons you watch the series is those two yeah i don't understand like kevin durant i mean he's shitty with the media why does he like san francisco media is actually like pretty soft compared to like new york why does he want to go to new york well the thing with kevin durant is he likes when the media asks him questions about basketball and when he can talk basketball, he's really good with the media. When media asks him questions about external stuff like Oklahoma City or his relationships with people, that's when he gets really bitchy. But that's like what you got to do. You got to answer the questions. Yeah, I know, and I agree. But like that that question was about basketball, and it, you could see he really respected that question, and he answered it. It's not really going to get easier it. in New York. Yeah, and I know that, but um, you know, it's part of it too. You know, I mean, same with Kyrie. Kyrie's shitty as hell with the media, and he wants to go to New York apparently too. So I don't know. Yeah, Boston's a little different than yeah. San Francisco, but uh, yeah, I think you know, I think the game plan might be out on how to beat the Warriors. I guess just getting get physical with Kevin Durant, get in his head, and I think you know he starts to crack a little bit. Next series, Nuggets and Spurs. So the Spurs won the first game. Nuggets won the second game. Came back. I think the Nuggets will finish up this series, but this just shows, you know, how Greg Popovich is still one of the best coaches in the NBA, able to game plan against a team like the Nuggets, who are very young still, so I don't think this will be, like, obviously the last time we'll see them in the playoffs. Uh, we're going to be seeing them for years to come. But good series right now. I think the Nuggets will end up finishing this out, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Nuggets are just too talented. Great series, two great coaches um, going at it. It's really a strategic series, in my opinion. Um, it's like chess, and uh, but I think the Nuggets, just the talent that the Nuggets have outweighs the Spurs, and that, that'll be it. All right, Portland uh, is up 2-0 versus the Thunder. We have seen now, I think in this series, the emergence finally of Damian Lillard onto the scene. Damian Lillard has been doing his thing for the last couple of years in Portland, quietly becoming one of the best point guards in the NBA. Portland is one of those teams you don't hear much from because, again, they play on the West Coast, and then obviously late-night games are usually overshadowed by the Lakers. Uh, so you don't see much from Portland. But Damian Lillard is quietly over his years in the NBA become one of the best point guards in the NBA, one of the most underrated point guards in the NBA. And then on the other side, you got Russell Westbrook, who I think is one of the most overrated players in the NBA. You saw in the last game, he just can't. He relies too much on his athleticism. He doesn't really have an outside shot. And I think in the game today, it's not much more about your athleticism as it is about your ability to shoot, about your skill level. It's not about his athleticism. And I think Russell Westbrook still views himself as this top dog type of player. And he is. like He has an alpha mentality. He is somebody I wouldn't want to mess with on the court. But he just refuses to change his game up in any way, and I don't really know if he could ever develop an outside shot just by the way he's built. But I just think you know we're going to see this series. I think Portland's going to get the sweep here. I think they're going to sweep them 4 nothing, And I think people are going to start to slowly peel the curtain back on Russell Westbrook and slowly start to see who he actually is as a ball player. I think it's a six- or seven-game series. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. Uh, but I do agree with you. I do think Portland's a really good team, and I think Damian Lillard is. I think he's a top ten player in the league. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's fantastic. I think he's awesome. I think he's an amazing leader, and I think it's about time he gets Portland uh, to that next level. And I think, like you said, I agree completely on the Russell Westbrook thing. Um, you know, just the Thunder. You see it every year with them. 
And, uh, you know, it's kind of concerning because, you know, maybe you should just let Paul George take over now at this point. That's uh, what I'd do. But... Because, you know, really Russell Westbrook still trying to be that star, that, that number one guy, and maybe maybe Paul George really is that now. Um, and maybe that's what they need to look at over these next this you know the next part of the series. But I do think Portland's going to win this game or win this series, and I think they are a definite threat in the West because I think Damian Lillard um, is one of the best players in the league. All right, last series there, Houston versus Jazz. I think Houston will end up sweeping this. Jazz just aren't equipped to beat Houston. Uh, yeah, Houston's just too good. Um, I can argue all day about the MVP thing, but it's, at the end of the day, James Harden is still a very good player, and you know he's the best player overall in the series. Uh, so I think Houston's just too good. Jazz are well, are very good, and you know they're going to be a good team for upcoming years. But this year, it's it's just Houston. All right, we'll go to the East now. We'll start with the Bucks. It's two zero right now in the series. Without Blake Griffin, the Pistons are wouldn't even be a playoff team right now. Um, so I think the Bucks will easily sweep this series. They didn't even put it on primetime TV last night because I think everybody expects that. Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna sit here and brag. They're 14 wins away, but um, I'm not gonna sit here and brag. You know they are beating the Pistons without Blake Griffin. Uh, but at the same time, it's very very important for me to get this first series. They haven't not won a series since 2001. Um, so obviously this is really important as a Buck fan. Uh, but up being up too well. Giannis is the MVP. They got the star power. Um, I just, I, the, the Pistons are just not a good team, especially without Blake Griffin. Um, so I think the Bucks definitely sweep this series, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Raptors and Magic, one to one right now. Magic got that first game. Now it goes back to Orlando, which is going to be pretty cool because they haven't had a playoff game there in a long time. Uh, so we'll see what kind of energy the Magic fans bring. But other than that, I think Toronto ends up winning this series. I don't think the Magic really give them that much fits now. I think they sort of woke up in the second game. Kyle Lowry sort of woke up um, from his playoff slumber he's been the last couple of years. Not really woke up, but he kind of like played good. He opened his eyes a little bit and got moving around a little bit. So we'll see what happens with him. I don't know what happens to him in the playoffs. He just like gets the the yips every time he learns it's the playoff time. Um, but yeah, I think they'll finish the series out and I think they'll eh, five or six games. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Five or six games. I really like the magic, really hope they'd beat the Raptors. Um, but I don't think they do. Um, but I, I, I think the magic can be a good team for years to come, but five or six games, I'd say. All right. Next series, 76ers versus Nets. One to one right now. I love the Nets. I think the Nets are going to be another team we're going to see here for years to come. D'Angelo Russell's emergence has been uh, absolutely spectacular to watch this season as an Ohio State fan. Um, seeing that guy play like the way we know he could has been amazing. Uh, 76ers, it's been rough the last couple of uh, weeks here. I think this team is not built the right way, people think. Um, I think a guy having a guy like Ben Simmons running your point guard is, again, like Russell Westbrook. He has no outside shot. I think he is amazing in transition, one of the best transition players in the NBA. But other than that, once you get him, you know, sort of locked up there on offense, he can't do much. I think he's, again, one of the most overrated players in the NBA. I think the 76ers would be uh, smart to get rid of him, to trade him, get a boatload of uh, picks and players, and sort of build their team around that. I think Jimmy Butler is also extremely difficult to play with. I don't think building around him was a smart decision. Um, so I think this team is just built the wrong way. I think they'll get past the Nets based on talent alone, but I just don't think they'll end up going that far in the playoffs. I mean, the whole trading thing, I don't know about that. I think Ben Simmons is still a really good player. 
Uh, but he can't shoot. Yeah, I mean, you need to shoot. Um, he needs to have that cold-blooded in him if he wants to be a leader, and he doesn't have that yet. I hate the Sixers um, as much as I'd love to see them lose and just completely be eliminated and evaporated off the face of this earth. That'd be great, but um, I still think they'll beat this, the Nets in probably about six. Uh, the Nets are a really young, talented team, um, and I think they're going to be good, like I said, with the Magic. They're going to be good for years to come. I love Russell, and I love what they're doing over there. Um, they have the chance to get some free agents this summer as well, uh, but this is just not the year for them. And like you said, talent alone, I think we'll get the Sixers to the next round. But I don't think the Sixers are as good as people said. Next series, Celtics and Pacers. Celtics have come out of nowhere. They're up two nothing in that series. We saw last night's game. Kyrie Irving with the cold blood killer mentality led the six led the uh, Celtics to a win. Um, he's going off. He had a great first game. The offense isn't great right now without Marcus Smart. Uh, they kind of lost that bulldog mentality that they had with him. Uh, so that hurts. But Pacers are really, again, I think the Celtics will win this series just based on talent alone right now. Um, we'll see what happens you know, later on when they reach better teams in the East. Um, but I just think right now the Celtics will end up sweeping this series. And Kyrie Irving, you know, he's shown in the last couple of games he can be that alpha dog leader that nobody thought he could. So we'll see what happens, but I think the Celtics sweep this. Um, I think the Celtics win it, but I don't think they sweep it. I think this is a five- or six-game series. Uh, playing in Indiana, one of the best basketball states, if not the best basketball state in the country, um, those fans, are they're, they're rowdy, and they're definitely going to be cheering their Pacers on. Um, so I think based on that, they can steal a game or two um, over there in Indianapolis. Uh, but like you said, Kyrie's the best player in the series overall. Uh, he's got that clutch mentality in him, and I do think the Celtics move on, but I do think the Pacers, it's a defensive series. Uh, it's a tough series. Uh, you know, the Pacers really could have won that game last night, and that would have been really changed the series and the outlook on it. Uh, but I think the Celtics win it in about five or six games, uh, but I think the Pacers can definitely put up a show here in Indiana. All right, a couple more basketball stories. This is kind of like a big basketball story type of show. Um, basketball story. Basketball show. Uh, we got the Lakers coaching search right now. They've started interview. They interviewed Monty Williams yesterday, I believe. And what I've heard from my sources basically is it's basically down to two people, Monty Williams and Ty Lue. Right now, Monty Williams is their number one guy. That's the guy they want. Because I guess Jeannie Bush Bus has said she doesn't want uh, the Lakers organization to be a LeBron-led organization in the media. They don't want it to be viewed that way. So they think getting a guy like Monte Williams, a well-respected uh, coaching candidate around the league, peeling him away from the 76ers would be the number one move. But what Monte Williams wants is he wants to finish out the playoffs with the 76ers. Because basically what I've heard is if the 76ers don't make it past the first or second round, they're going to get rid of their coach – Brown. Uh, Brent Brown, and they're going to hire Monty Williams, and he would rather obviously have a job coaching the 76ers than coaching the Lakers. So we'll see what happens, but if that happens and he does get hired by the 76ers, uh, Ty Lue's going to be their guy. Um, so it's basically right now they're in limbo waiting for the playoffs to end. Uh, I know Truman's going to say the same thing I'm going to say. Ty Lue would be probably the best option if you just want to go full blow with LeBron and just let him lead. Um, but Monty Williams might be the better option long term. It's just basically how you want to be perceived in the media is what they're looking at right now. Yeah, I mean, it's if you have LeBron, your organization is LeBron-led. You can't you can't beat around the bush. You can't pretend like it's not. I mean, it is. It, it's LeBron's team. It's LeBron's coach. And Ty Lue's obviously LeBron's coach. Um you know, they won in Cleveland together. The, you know, they went to 
however many finals, and I think LeBron just wants someone he can kind of control, uh, and Ty Lue's definitely that person. I mean, why not go with someone who, you know, he's had prior success, and he's had prior success coaching LeBron, uh, so why not go with that guy? But obviously, Monty Williams would be a good option as well. Uh, but you can't stray away from being not wanting to be a LeBron-led organization if you have LeBron. And I think the Lakers have to realize that. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, like always, we'll see what happens. Monty Williams is a good, you know, I think that's a good candidate. It's a good, respected candidate. Um, I've seen the Cavs have been interviewing some Spurs assistants right now. Uh, I think that's all the head coaching uh, holes right now. Uh, not that many as there were last year, but we'll see what happens. Last basketball story. Um, so Zion Wilmerson is the biggest thing coming out since we can't even remember the last couple of years. One of the most hyped up college players the last couple of years. Uh, people have been trying to nitpick his game, but it's, it's sort of hard. Really the only thing they can uh, go to is his shot. He doesn't have an outside shot. Basically an Eastern Conference All-Star said when asked about Zion, he said he's going to be good, but he has to develop a shot or he's going to be out of the league pretty quickly. He can't just rely on his, his athleticism his own, uh, on his own. Um, and he needs to develop a shot, which I think is no shock to anybody. I think if Zion doesn't develop a three-point shot, he'll end up being like a Russell Westbrook type of player who we've seen. Again, I'm going to go back to this. In today's NBA, you cannot rely on athleticism alone to carry you into the NBA. Um, guys like Steph Curry, James Harden aren't the most athletic freaks in the world. They just have amazing shot selection, and they are just absolutely wet from the three-point line. And Zion isn't that. Zion's athletic, and athleticism will carry you as far as it's carried him, his athleticism especially. But once he gets to the NBA, he's going to realize that every single player on the court is as as athletic, if not more, than Zion. And mm. it's gonna, he's going to find it difficult in the NBA later on in his career when he tries to get to those big moments like the championship. Yeah, I mean, I, I disagree with everyone being as athletic as him. Um, I think he's a different creature. I think he you know walks a different plane. Um, I think he's just extremely good, and he's extremely athletic. Obviously... Yeah, I mean, why not? That's something he should definitely work on because he doesn't have that much else to work on. I mean, he's really athletic. Um, he's got all the tools, all the intangibles to be a star in this league. Except a um, shot. And I think, you know, but you've seen, I mean, Giannis still needs to develop a shot, and he's going to be the MVP of this league. No, he's not. Um, so, obviously, Giannis has done his done his work with not having that great of a shot. Uh, but Zion's also not 100 feet tall. Yeah, but I think Zion's an athletic freak. Yeah, but I think like Russell Westbrook as is as athletic as and, uh, I am. I mean, yeah, we say Russell Westbrook's overrated, but at the same time, he's still very, very good. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I said. Like, I don't think I think early on in his career, most of his career, regular season type of thing, he'll be good, and I think he'll be like an All Star, possible MVP candidate. But once you get to those big moments like the playoffs, it becomes very difficult to win based on your athleticism alone. Yeah, but I just I I mean I. There's no reason to not draft Zion. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just okay. saying he just needs to develop a shot. Yeah, I, I think there's like Ben, like you look Ben Simmons. Yeah, but there's definitely concern there. But that's you're really, really, really digging deep. Um, yeah, I mean, with, I would pick him with Zion pick. Um, because he's just he's just a different breed. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Well, I guess we won't see what happens. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft. Uh, baseball. We're going to go through baseball a little bit here. We'll go through the standings. Not some crazy storylines. I guess Tim Anderson yesterday absolutely 
staring down uh, the Kansas City Royals catcher, Martin Maldonado, uh, after his home run. Then he threw his bat. Uh, obviously, that pissed off the pitcher. And the pitcher decided to go ahead and throw at him the next at-bat. And they were both kicked out. Um, I love Tim Anderson. I think Tim Anderson is one of the most underrated players in baseball. Because he just brings this cockiness and this swagger. And I would love to have him on my team if I were um, able to get him. I'd go out and get him. Because I just think he brings this swagger and confidence that no other player brings. Um, but baseball, bat flips and stuff like that, that, was, that makes baseball fun. I see no problem with what he did yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it, like he, I love what he said after the game. It was like, yeah, the fans pay good money to see a show, so I'm going to give him a show. Um, I just think he's a fantastic player. Obviously, there's a respect him that he needs to follow, but that was really, really cool um, and, like, really kind of makes you want to run through a wall. Uh, yeah. It was just really cool to see. And, um, you know, obviously, we can't be pissed at the Royals. I mean, they're obviously going to be pissed right back at him, and you knew he was going to get thrown at. I would have thrown at him, too. Uh, but... But definitely, it was a cool thing to see. I love, I love when that happens in baseball, uh, when the bench is clear. And I love Ned Yost, a former Brewer, but you know the Royals manager. I loved how he defended his team and said, he, like you know, because him and the White Sox manager got into it pretty good. And he's like, yeah, I just wanted to control my guys, and he started calling my guys out, and nobody's gonna call my guys out. Uh, so I liked hearing that that he was gonna defend his team like that, and it was just a really kind of a cool thing. Um, I, know, I love fights. I know baseball, you know, the the commissioner and all that, I'm sure they don't like it, but uh, definitely was really cool to see, and that bat, bat flip was pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, bat flips are one of the funnest things in sports right now. Um, go to the standings. We'll just go through the uh, upper who's leading right now and maybe some notable ones. We'll start with the AL East, the Rays. I mean, that's probably one of the biggest shocks in baseball this year. They're 14 and 4. Meanwhile, the Red the Red Sox are 5th place, 6 and 13. Uh, the Red Sox bullpen is absolute garbage right now. They got killed by the Yankees yesterday, I think. Um, what I saw, uh, they got absolutely annihilated, I believe. Uh, no, it's 5-3, but still. I mean, you don't want to lose those type of games to your rivals. Um, but the Rays have been a complete shock so far this season, and they just keep keep winning and keep moving on. I love it. it goes. I love it. I love the Rays. I think that small market's cool. Um, you know, they don't have much of a fan base. In all That's what, like, Brian said, that the Rays and the Indians are the two best well-managed small, small market teams in the league. Right. Agree with that? No. But Brian not, said, Brian's uh, our baseball expert. Yeah, I don't know what he got, where his numbers are on that one. Uh, but uh, I'll have to talk to him about that one. But I really like the Rays. But I think we all love to see the Red Sox in the back order of that division just to start the year. Um, I know they'll probably pick it up and be fine, but it's kind of cool to see the Red Sox. I don't know. They lost a lot of pieces in that bullpen. Yeah, I know. The Red Sox are definitely faltering a little bit. Uh, but the Rays are definitely one of the cool, cooler um, – teams to watch this year and i hope they keep it up all right we'll go to the al central the indians are winning that series that's uh division right now with 11 and 7 record after a sweep of the red hot mariners uh broke that record that they had there um with 20 straight games with a home run to open the season they broke that yesterday my guy cookie carrasco on the mound absolutely tossing straight heat um Nothing really else going on in that division. The closest to the Indians are the Twins at nine and six. Um, Reds, uh, White Sox especially started kind of slow. I thought they'd be a little bit better. Uh, they're six and ten right, or seven and ten right now. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I think we're still waiting on some of the younger guys to sort of come through. 
Eloy Jimenez, they paid that big-ass contract, has sort of been ass this season. And that's uh, concerning if you're a White Sox fan because you gave this guy a huge contract. And he really even never even played in the MLB before. So we'll see what happens. But I think, obviously, the Indians will win this division because they're the best team in the league. Uh, it's definitely one of the easiest division in baseball. And we're getting Lindor um, back Friday. so Easiest division in baseball by far. Uh, by so far. I think a, you throw a group of um, no-arm people – no legs, nothing. They would win that division. Um, but, yeah, Indians will probably win it because, it, like I said, it's the easiest division in baseball. All right, uh, we'll ignore that. We'll move on to the AL West. Houston's winning that division. They're 12-6 and six right now. Mariners have been actually one of the biggest surprises this year. Everybody thought they'd be sort of a rebuilding type of team. But some of these guys, some of these smaller, you know, name guys have actually been coming through for them a lot. And they're in second place right now. Um, they started the season absolutely hot. They lost six. They've lost six straight, so they've obviously cooled down a lot. But uh, you know, Tim Beckham has been a star for them. Edwin's hit a lot of home runs. Uh, that Daniel Vogelbach for them, who they got, I think from the Red, from the Cubs, maybe. He's been you know a really good player for them. Mitch Hanger, uh, Jay Bruce, all these guys have been playing pretty well for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the Astros are you know far and away probably you know one. Of- the best team in the league, I think most people can agree so far. Uh, you know, they're just hot. I forget how many games in a row they won. Yeah, they won um, a couple. I don't I Yeah, can't but uh, so the Astros are just really talented. Uh, but, yeah, I, I pull for the Mariners. They have the uh, longest streak without playoffs in baseball. Uh, so, obviously, for that fan base and for the team, um, as much as I really don't like the Seattle fan base, I'm definitely pulling for uh, the Mariners. I'll right, we'll go to the NL with the NL East, the Phillies. 11-6 and six right now. This is one of the tightest divisions in baseball. Um, we got the Phillies leading that division of the 11-6 record. But the Mets are right there. Phillies uh, had a big offseason, and they're sort of putting it all together now onto the field, which is a good sign if you're a Phillies fan. Yeah, it basically could be any of those teams except the Marlins um, at this point. Uh, you know, I like the Braves a lot. I think they could pick it up. Uh, but the Phillies, you know, they have the star power. Um, you know, they have the Bryce Harper swag now. Uh, you know, that's it's going to be a really good division race to follow. Uh, I like the Mets, too. Really, you could pick anyone, even the Nationals. You could pick any one of those teams, and, you know, you'd probably be okay with it. Uh, but right now, the Phillies, you know, they have one of the hottest starts, and, you know, like I said, they have that star power. We'll go to the NL Central. The Brewers are leading that with a 12-7 and record. Pirates are right there, 10-6. and um, Cubs have been, I think, one of the biggest disappointments this season. Brian warned us about this, though. He said, you know, those teams not spending in the offseason, which they should have done, because it looks like everybody in that division spent expect, except the Cubs, uh, which is surprising, because if you're competing, you got to keep spending. Um, and we've seen the downfall of the Cubs so far this season. Yeah, I mean, obviously I love it. The Brewers, um, with, a, with another pretty good start. I mean, they faltered over. You know, they had a really, really good start, good series against the Cardinals open the season, and they're dominating the Cardinals, which I'm loving. Uh, but, you know, they faltered a little bit. The pitching really, really scares me. Uh, but the offense is just amazing. Um, you know, Christian Yelts is just amazing. Uh, but, you know, to talk about the Cubs, yeah, they're obviously disappointing. Um, you know, you, you want that, you want more out of the Cubs. And, you know, I, haven't I don't. I hate the Cubs. You, you know, I, I mean, I hate the Cubs too. Obviously, I want as them to lose every single game possible. But if you're a Cubs fan, you expect more uh, than what they're doing right now. Um and you know I haven't seen Brian in a couple of weeks, so I'm definitely going to get on for the, get on him for that. Uh, and then, but 
Are you just gonna avoid the Reds being five and twelve that you picked them to win the division? Well, your problem is, is you don't understand that it's a marathon, not a sprint, and okay. it's a whole long season. I think here. that's gonna be the coldest take on TNT of all time. You picking the Reds really? to win the division? We'll see about that. All right, um, but like I said, I, I mean, I expected. Oh, Bruce, Brian picked Bruce Robinson Cano to win the MVP. Oh boy. Yeah. So. Oh boy. Next division, last division, Dodgers. Uh, with the NL West, Dodgers are leading that division with a little twelve and eight record. Getting Kershaw back is big. Uh, I don't think he's the same player as he was, as he has been in the past. But still, he's a big name arm, and he does still have a little bit of weight behind his name, so he carries a little bit of fear. Um, Padres, again, spent big in the offseason. They're getting their prospects sort of up onto the board now, um, into the majors, which is huge. Tadas has been a great player for them. One of my favorite pitchers in the NLB, Chris Paddock. Has been starting the last couple of games, and he's been doing really well in his short major league career. Um, but, yeah, I think the Padres, you know, they spent a lot this offseason. I think the Phillies spent a lot. And, you know, you're seeing, you know, it's actually sort of working, which is surprising. Because usually when you spend big contracts, it seems like they always fall. But uh, it's actually working now for teams like the uh, Padres. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see the Padres go with the Dodgers head-to-toe, um, head-to-head all division or all season long in that division. Uh, Dodgers, like I said with the Phillies, they have the star power. Uh, they have the Kershaw. Uh, so it will be interesting to see. They're weathered. They've been there before. They've had multiple division championships. But seeing a young team like the Padres pull that out will be really, really fun to watch. All right, so that's it for baseball, and that's it for our show today. We want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and a oh not a salon service uh we also would like you to go on to itunes spotify and youtube leave us a five star rating and uh subscribe to wherever you are listening and uh with that follow us also on twitter at tnd sports talk one two send us a dm dms are always open questions comments concerns stuff you like stuff you didn't like always send us a dm we are always there to open it and if you want to be a guest on the show Go ahead and send us a DM, and we'll get you a time to come on in and give us your sports take. Summer is approaching us, and is approaching us fast, so we will be getting a lot more guests, a lot more um, different stuff going on on the podcast uh, once summer gets here because everybody gets home from college. Uh, me and Truman, we got about two more weeks left of school, which is crazy. Um, so once we get that done, uh, Truman should be on the show pretty much every day from then on forever because we'll be living together next year Uh, but we'll see what happens uh with that though um and that's it for for our show today we want to thank you for listening and tune in on tuesday for our mock draft thanks guys hell yeah go packers